I'd just like to start with a story. No, I won't. <laughs> Let me just get organized. Sorry. Yeah. Good morning. How are we, church? I think I forgot to answer. They don't answer back down in Central Otago. So, um, yeah, no. Hey, um, I think the last time that I actually uh, talked, we, lo- we love Cornerstone. We love Hannah and Dre and um, love the fact that we've got this connection. Where we've had um, some, some great people come down and support us and that. So I just wanted to start by by saying that it's awesome. I think the last time that I actually spoke here was originally going to be here, ended up being in the hub and then everything turned upside down for a bit. So uh, welcome. It's really cool to have an audience this time around. How, how good, how good. Um, I, um, I really, really wanted to have a word that was sort of for, for Cornerstone. And so um, um, the thing that I'm currently going through is uh, we, we had a word sort of about halfway through the year and it's kind of like turned our life upside down. And we're currently living out there. Who knows that one word from God can turn your life upside down? Who knows that one word from God, your life has changed forever. So if you're here expecting a word today, I've got some great news for you. It might not be my words, but God is speaking to you this morning. And so um, just, just be expectant. But the word for us um, was to become more agile. Now, have a look at me. Look at me seriously. I've never had that word spoken over me apart from you're relatively agile in comparison to the size that you are. But God gave us this word halfway through the year that um, we need to become more agile. And we really genuinely felt that it was a word from God and it turned our life upside down. So we're, ki- we're kind of trying to figure out how to, how to operate out of that. Um, so, we, so this one word, with some confirmation, but it was just this one word. So where we're at at the moment, we've sold our house. Uh, we, we sold all of our furniture. Um, the kids were really super unhappy about that, becoming more agile. We've gone from uh, owning a house, we're about to go to renting a house because that makes us more agile. Um, we uh, literally sold our couches under us while we were sitting on them. They turned up while we were sitting on them, so that was a little bit awkward. Uh, the cat, um, the last uh, couple of pieces of furniture that we sold, the cat actually literally jumped up on the seats as the person came to pick them up and hissed at the new owners. So it's a, it's a tumultuous time. But what God's doing in this season, what God, what's God doing at the moment is that like a, uh, probably like a lot of us, we're, 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 um, uh, we're coming into a new season. Like it or not, we live in seasons. We, we, ju- we just do. And so for us, we're um, becoming more agile, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm having to go through this, let me share it with you, and, and then you can have a think about it as well. So I wanted to start, if you want to, so the word for you guys is not agile. Oh, just by the way, we, we're, away, we're a week away from, move, um, from giving up our old house, and we, we literally only found out that we had a new house to go to like a day ago. So think of my poor, steady son who never complains about anything two days ago, or three, four days ago, said, Dad, why are you doing this to our family? I was like, man, but we know that God is good, right? So even in a time of uncertainty, even in a time where we go in a season of transition, even when we go from the old season to the new season, we know that God is good all the time. And so we can enter that new season with thankfulness and with faith. And so that's what I want to talk about today. So the word for Cornerstone today is unpack your bags. Unpack your bags. Now, I'm, I'm going to unpack it. it. There is a specific video that I, um, that, that, that um, it was a word for us for a, a while ago, and there was, a, there was a video that I just wanted to show, and then we'll, we'll go over it together. Does that sound all right? 
Excellent. Wonderful. If you could play that video and I'll explain to Lyndon what it is afterwards. And I usually do not unpack my bags when I get back in town immediately. I don't know if you do. If you do, good for you. You're more disciplined than I am. But I don't generally unpack my bags right away. But the funny thing is, is I got another trip I got to make coming up. And if I don't unpack my bag, then I got a whole bunch of dirty clothes and unnecessary weight hindering me from getting to where I need to go for this next trip. And if you think about it, if you're trying to go where God wants you to go in 2018... You can't take all the baggage from 2017 with you. It stink, it's weighing you down, and it's not any good to help you get where you need to go. So if you want to go where you're supposed to go in 2018, you got to let go of the baggage from 2017. I just say all that to inspire y'all, you know what I'm saying, to have the best possible year you can have. Let go of that baggage and move forward. Blessings. Awesome. So um, just to explain to Lyndon, um, that's Lecrae. He's a Christian rapper. Um, so um, he, he, he raps Christian music Shout out to Lyndon Who's probably at the hub right now knowing. Um, But yeah it's, This is the word that we started off with And this is what I, um, this is what I want to talk about today um, Before we enter into the new season Man what a great opportunity for us to unpack our bags How good is it that we get to the end of this year And like 2021 we're looking uh, 2020 we're looking forward to 2021 2021 we're looking to 2022 <laughs> But how good is it that we have this opportunity, this time of reflection, and what a what a what great timing that we're 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 looking at considering this on to t- together together week, for us to unpack our bags. Now, for those of you that um, are, are pastors, former pastors, which I, I understand is about half the church at this point, um, I'm going to preach out of Hebrews 11, which is the faith passage. Um, so Hebrews 11 and just the start of Hebrews, which is, which is great. But um, I'm going to highlight a couple of things. We'll, um, we'll go over it. To, uh, sorry, not Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12. Yeah, Hebrews 12, which would make a lot more sense. Yeah. So Hebrews 12. And we're just going to go through it fairly leisurely. Is that okay? Yeah. So here we go. Hebrews 12. Actually, if you're wanting a thesis... All right. If you're wanting this, this is this is where we're going, and I'll eventually get there. But here's the here's the one, the one, uh, the one statement. Not everything that was good in the last season is useful or good in this season. Not everything that was good in this season is going to be necessary for the next season. So that's that's the thesis, and this is what we're going through. So here we go. Hebrews twelve verse one. Therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Here's a thought. Growing up, that was the sin passage. Get rid of your sin. Your sin is bad. That is correct. But... There's actually two parts to that. To that, um, there's two parts and two thoughts to that verse. Therefore, we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. We know that there's people that are cheering us on. If you don't have people to cheer you on, I know that you do because you're sitting here at Cornerstone Rolleston with the most encouraging pastors in the world. 
Excellent. Correct answer. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) But there's this thought here. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. And one of the translations is every weight that hinders us. And it's actually a separate clause to especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So there's sin that trips us up. And so deal with sin or sin deals to you. It's a good, that's a good takeaway point. That's the traditional takeaway point, right? But there's actually another part to that, um, to that verse. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. There's weight that we can carry that might have been good for us for a season, but it might be time to let it go. But to put it another way, not everything that you carry is good for you, and not every weight is sin. Not everything that you carry is good for you, and not every weight is sin. Let me talk to you about stripping off for a minute. Dre's looking very nervous. So Shannon's actually made the observation that I'm actually tanned in places that I've never been tanned before in Cromwell. Apologies to the visual learners. The visuals are like... (laughs) It's actually too hot to wear a top sometimes. See, the thing is, is that um, uh, uh, clothing and things that we carry might be good and right in one environment and in one season, but it may actually be completely inappropriate in another season. In the same way that I wouldn't wear a heavy winter jacket during the Cromwell summer, I am not going to go topless in a Southland winter. I just won't. All right? Hey, similarly, what's happening is we're entering a summer season, and that's what I'm believing for. We're in spring at the moment, and it's time for a spring clean. We're in spring at the moment, and it's time for a spring clean. We're getting to the end of 2021, about to enter 2022. It's spring cleaning time. But we're about to enter summer. If I'm carrying my winter clothing or my winter weight, I put lol there because it was like, and then just a crying emoji afterwards. It's actually more necessary. It's actually more than what's necessary, and it hinders us. So here's my question for you. What are you carrying in this season that's going to be no good for the next one? Because it's not sin. Definitely deal with sin. It's a good thing to do with. Jesus has dealt with sin. He's already paid in full for your sin. But what are you carrying in this season that you're not going to need in the next one? Now, for some of us, some of us, are um, we come from a scout's background. You know, be prepared. I'll just carry everything. Everything will be fine. But actually, the spaces and gaps that you're called to go through, that mean that you can't carry literally everything. You know, there's, uh, uh, there's that passage in the Bible where it talks about being unable to go through the, thread the needle. So here's my thought. Let's strip off every weight. And in this season of preparation, because I believe that that's part of what this current season is, is we're preparing for the next, right? See, before Joshua went, into the, uh, Joshua went over into the promised land, the Israelites consecrated themselves and they believed that God was going to do something amazing tomorrow. God's doing something amazing in this season, but we know that because God is God, the best is yet to come. So here's my thought. How do we strip off? Uh, build up your endurance because everyone has a different race to run, so it makes sense that we have a different training regime. As you can probably tell, I'm built for strength. Tell me to run over something, and as long as they don't step out of the way, I probably can. Okay? 
But that's not the word that God's given me for this next season. God's given, given us the word to become more agile. So suddenly I'm now going, oh my goodness, this, this thing that was good for this season, I, like I'm pivoting. I, like I play rugby, well I played rugby for a, a large number of years. You can guess what position I played. It was only ever one. <laughs> There's no such thing as a rampaging 135 kg halfback, especially if you can't make it to every scrum. <laughs> So how do we strip off every weight then? Now, I don't know about you, but there's been stuff in this season which has been weighing me down. Like, there just, there just is. This, this stuff about the last couple of years that has just been tough. And so we've put on protections. But I really genuinely believe that we're called to strip off every weight. So how do we do that then? We do this by, so verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. The champion who initiates, so he starts it. So he's, at, he's with us at our point of salvation, right? He initiates our faith. But actually, there's another part to it. He also perfects our faith. So if you're talking at it from like a rugby point of view, he's both the scout and the coach. He initiated our faith and he perfects our faith. And so this is my thought. How are you positioned? Where is Jesus in your life? See, there's got to be a loudest voice in your life. There's got to be a loudest thing in your life. And my hope and my prayer is that Jesus would be our loudest voice, right? We, had, we used to have this coach, this rugby coach, um, best rugby coach we ever had, actually got us fit. We were six years old, treated us like we were 20. It was awesome. We cried a lot. We threw up every now and again. Still the best coach. One of the things that he would do is he'd stand on the scrum machine, and we were at the age where we couldn't push the scrum machine around because we were six. And he would stand on the scrum machine, and he would discipline us. He would help us to correct that form. And he would yell at us as we... And you, do you know what? That first day we couldn't push the scrum machine around. Three months in we couldn't push the scrum machine around. But thanks to conditioning, thanks to discipline, we were pushing him around to the point that he's telling us to slow down. <laughs> and um, my thought is, is that I was a, I was a scrummer. I, um, I've, been a scr- I've been a front rower for all my life. But when you're in the scrum, one of the things, and particularly if you're in the front row, one of the things is is that where your eyes are is where you'll go. Where your eyes are is where you go. How tight you're you're locked in with everyone else around you will actually help with how effective you are in pushing that thing forward. And so here's my thought. Are your eyes on Jesus? What's capturing your focus? What's capturing your imagination? What's front of mind for you all the time? Um, Where have you positioned Jesus in your life? Is he the coach on the scrum machine, yelling at your form, getting you to push the scrum machine around, and building up your spiritual stamina and character? Or is he the uh, the theoretical book on scrumming that you've never opened? Is Jesus real to you, or is he theory? Is Jesus speaking to you here, now, today? Or was it then, back there, 
some time ago. Jesus is the author, he's the initiator, he's the perfecter of our faith. He has something to say about the way that we live and he's continuing to say it. Have you positioned yourself to be initiated and perfected by him? Who is coaching you? Someone is the loudest voice in your life. Who is it? So why, why does Jesus have the, um, the ability or the authority to do this? It's great. Hebrews 12 preaches itself. Verse 2 continued. Because of the joy awaiting him being Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding it's shame. See, the thing is, is that Jesus has put the hard yards in. He's literally paid for everything that you've done. So we come at it from a point of view that Jesus has already paid for the dumb stuff that we've done in our lives. Not just the dumb stuff now, but everything to come as well. Man, what an amazing promise of God. How amazing is that? See, I grew up in a church where it was kind of like if you sinned after a certain point, you were putting Jesus back on the cross and he had to take just a little bit more weight. It's ridiculous. Jesus has put the hard yards and he's been where we've been. He's paid for what we should have paid for. He's earned the right for us to work on our form. He has the experience and the know-how to get us through any season, thick or thin. Verse 2 continued. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Man, this season, this last couple of years, there's been times for us personally where it's been easy for us to be discouraged. Like courage has left us. And actually God's always been there to encourage us. You know, that the, the, um, the promise of Joshua, the promise of Moses was always be strong and courageous for I'll be with you even to the end of the age. He'll be with you through thick and thin. Be strong, be courageous, be faithful, is basically what he's saying. After all, you have not yet given your lives and your struggle against sin. Um, I wrote here, which seems, a, I, I must have been having a bad day this day, but it says, oh, you think you've had it bad in this season. Try paying for everyone else's sin that you didn't deserve. So strip off every weight. That's my first point. Second point, allow yourself to be disciplined by God. Allow yourself to be conditioned by God. So I'm going to give you some encouraging words. And I know they're encouraging words because in the Bible it says they're encouraging words. But then it's followed by stuff that doesn't sound like encouraging words. So uh, let's unpack that a little bit, hey? And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? His children. Oh, man. You take that on board, the fact that you're his child. Change your life. One word from God will change your world. says this, he said, my child, these are the encouraging words. Be encouraged by these words. My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Okay, I'm making light of the Lord's discipline. I'm already feeling convicted by that. All right. My, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as his child. Even bad dads discipline their kids. And we discipline our kids because we care about them, right? If I, if I didn't care about the way that my kid turned out, I wouldn't bother disciplining them. I would go, hey, do whatever you want. See, the thing is, is this is the difference between God and the devil. God says, I love you 
So I'm going to discipline you so that it's not hard later. The devil says, do whatever you want. I don't care. Be free. What a wonderful thing to be disciplined by God. He loves us enough to work on us. He loves us enough to be perfected in our faith. There's a really old, um, I think um, Steve Hansen used to say this, but it's actually an old military thing. So shout out to Donnie. Um, the, the, the old, one of the old all-black mantras, so it was an all-black mantra. Um, the South Africans are about to say, no, it was a South African mantra. The Aussies will go, you stole Pavlova, because <laughs> I can't play rugby. All right, um, moving on. Train hard, play easy. Train easy, play hard. So in this season of preparation, in this season before seasons, you've got a choice. We can either allow ourselves to be disciplined by God in this season. We can allow ourselves to be conditioned and trained by God in this season. Or we can just go, no, it's fine. I just need to rest. I just need to just take a breather. See, the devil doesn't need to take us out. He just needs to make us comfortable. If you're ever feeling comfortable... You're in the danger zone. A little sleep, little little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Let's go on. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and you aren't really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined him, uh, who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits? And live forever. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how. Any dad would say that. We we did the best that we knew how. We've got a good father, like a good, good father. But God's discipline is always good for us. If he's telling you to work on something and you work on it, good result. That's the promise. So that we might share in his holiness. There's a refining process that's taking place. See, the refining process doesn't get rid of the stuff that you need. The refining process gets rid of the stuff that you no longer need. It's a purifying thing. By purifying, it doesn't mean, oh man, I really like that part of my personality. I'm not going to have it anymore. No, no, no. He's getting rid of the stuff that you don't need for the next season. He's helping you strip off. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Who's had some painful discipline in their lives? All the South African families put their hands up. They're so weird. I heard the hands go up in the hub as well. All right. Shout out to the Jubiers. Okay, anyway, moving on. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living. Man, how good is it to have a peaceful harvest? How good is it that as Christians in this time, we can be the peace amongst the chaos? Afterwards, there'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Living a disciplined life has its benefits. We get to live a peaceful harvest of right living. So, strip off every weight. Deal with your sin if you haven't done so already. Good good stuff to do. Allow yourself to be disciplined because it's either train easy, uh, train hard, play easy, train easy, play hard. And it gets to the so. The so. So is application. So. 
keeping this in mind, the fact that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, keeping in mind that we've got witnesses that are encouraging us and cheering us on, keeping in mind that we can, um, keeping in mind that we can strip off everything that entangles us and uh, everything that hinders us and sin that so easily entangles. So, take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. So, be encouraged. If you've been discouraged, be encouraged. Be filled with courage. You carry the spirit of courage within you. You carry the one that is courage. What are you holding on to in this season? Where are you making your stand? Where are you going? Verse 13, mark out a straight path for your feet. So you that so uh, there's the rewind button. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Those that discipline them themselves are going to be trailblazers for those that come behind. We're kind of, like, I mean, I've been tracking with you guys for five years. Well, since the very beginning. Um, that's why I don't do worship. Okay. There are trailblazers that come before. You are the trailblazers and the pioneers for what's to come next in Rolleston. And, and, and I'm sure Hannah and Dre have been talking about the harvest that's coming, right? Anyone can see it. Anyone can see it. The number of subdivisions that are coming. This is the preparation season. That's not a prophetic word. That's fifth form geography. <laughs> Rolleston's going to double in 10 years. There's a, there's a harvest. If there's 20,000 here now, in 10 years, there's going to be 40,000 people. That's a field of 20,000 people. This is a preparation season. This is a season that you, we strip off everything that hinders us. This is a season where we deal with the things that we need to deal with so that when the harvest comes, we're, we're ready, right? So Shannon and I are in Cromwell, believing for Cromwell. We're becoming more agile for Cromwell because regardless of who's coming on a Sunday... We're believing that a harvest is coming. And I know that's, that what, that's what uh, Cornerstone Rolleston are doing as a church as well. You guys are positioning yourselves for the future. That's what 999 is all about, yeah? Just as an aside, what would have happened if it was 666 Gould's Road? Like, would that have been like an automatic no? Or have you guys talked about that? Uh, 999, oh, phew. <laughs> Opposite, pl- two words, Mr. President, plausible deniability. Okay, no, never mind. All right, I'm just, I'm just tricking now, sorry. Your right living is an example for others. That's actually what that last verse is all about. It's a, you're a living example for others. You're trailblazing a path for others. You're currently standing in a pioneering season. For those of you that pioneered five years ago to what the current season is, you're currently in a pioneering season. I don't know if you know or not, 10 years from now, <laughs> you'll currently be in a pioneering season. Because the season that you stop is the season where it stops. God's shaping us. He's refining us. He's getting us ready for the next season. We don't always know what's over the next hill, but we have someone that has a greater perspective than we have. He sees what we can't see. Mike Robb taught me that. The perspective of God. God's standing on a, on, on a, um, a skyscraper building. We're standing down on the street. He automatically sees more than we see. 
We can either let what God work on us, disciplining us, building our stamina, or we can be battered and buffeted by the events of life as they come. Um, slowly shaping us by our painful experiences. There's probably people in the room right now going, oh my gosh, I probably should have let God work on me beforehand. Now that's not saying just going through a difficult season means that you haven't listened to God. But what I'm saying is that before the next season comes, whether it's great, whether it's difficult, whatever it looks like, let God work on you in this season because he's preparing you for the next. Amen? See, we can either let God work on us, disciplining us, or we can be battered or buffered by life as it comes. One way leaves us tired, but builds discipline and endurance in the way that we live our lives, and it's an example to others. The other leaves us battered and bruised. Either way, the work needs to happen. One is active, one is passive. One is proactive, one is reactive. One can cause lasting hurt, and one will actually prevent injuries. I wrote down here, and it's, it's such a lame application point, but it actually fits, which annoys me when that happens. You know, it's like the cliche. Um, life shouldn't happen to Christians. Christians should happen to life. Life shouldn't have, uh, situations and circumstances shouldn't happen to Christians. Christians should happen to situations and circumstances. Good baggage becomes bad baggage when we don't need it anymore. Good baggage becomes bad baggage when we don't need it anymore. I'm just going to finish, and I'm going to finish um, with uh, a parable. And it's not a biblical parable. It's the parable of the teapots. My wife drinks tea. She drinks a lot of tea. Some would say too much tea. Some would say her blood type is tannin. Um, <laughs> it's a six-form chemistry joke. Very specific. I'm a little upset Rob didn't laugh. Okay. In our last season, um, tea was actually the ritual that we gathered around. Uh, when we were in Invercargill, tea was the ritual that we gathered around. It was such an important um, point for us. It was such an important meeting point for us to the point... Uh, that we had something in the vicinity of about probably 10 or 15 teapots. A teapot for every situation. Tea for two for one. The eight the eight cup tea. The six cup teapot. The four cup teapot, which is actually just Shannon's teapot. <laughs> That's when she's by herself and doesn't feel shame to drink the third and fourth cup by herself. <laughs> anyway, we're just in this process of downsizing to the point of almost becoming minimalist. Like, um, I'm not going to talk about that whole deal, look it up if you really want to. Um, but minimalist is, is, is basically a way of intentional living that means that you just have the stuff that, that is useful for you and stuff that you love. And It's been a really interesting and quite an emotional process, more emotional than we probably thought. And anyway, we're unpacking, our ba- we're unpacking boxes about you know, getting ready to move to our next house, which we didn't have until a couple of days ago. So we were packing and not knowing where we were going. And we found this box of teapots, uh, which we'd never opened. Not only had we never opened, I think we maybe talked about it maybe six or seven times. Uh, not, not even, like hardly ever. And we opened this, um, we opened this uh, box of teapots. And we looked at each other and looked at these teapots. And um, seven years ago, if I'd said to Shannon, Shan, we need to get rid of all these teapots. 
that would have been when the fighting started. But we looked at these teapots, and we looked at each other, and Shan said, it's time to get rid of the teapots. It's time to get rid of the teapots. And that was a, um, that was like, it doesn't sound like a big thing, but I mean, literally, we would have had like a toe-to-toe, how many teapots does one person need? Like, that would be me, and I, I do get shrill like that, which makes me really awful to argue with. Then Shan would punch me, because that's how she'd go. Um, different ways of arguing, right? <laughs> um, and so we sold them. Um, and this is, my, this is my thought and this is my point. And you might be going, why are we talking about teapots? These teapots represented the greatest strategic thing that we did in our last season, our past season. If, if we were to think of the one best thing that we did in that time, it was letting people invade our lives over countless cups of tea. If you look up our church website, Shannon mentions tea, I think, three times um, in, like, in the website. And so for the last season, it was so important to us. In our current season, we didn't even use it. In our current season, what was precious to us in the last season, we, we forgot about. And, th- and that was okay. There was other things that came up. It didn't mean that we still didn't enjoy tea. In the next season, we're going from a large house to a small house. In this next season, this box of teapots would become a hindrance. Not only do we not need a box of teapots in the next house, we, we literally don't have room for it because of where we're going. Church, hear my heart. Stuff that was good in the last season. It could have been great for the last season. Even now, might be starting to feel uncomfortable. Even now, might be going, wow, that was, but that used to be so amazing. That was really something from God. It's actually okay to have seasonal mantles. It's actually okay to have seasonal cloaks. But actually, there'll come a time where it doesn't fit right anymore, even though it was good back then. Not only will it start to feel uncomfortable and not fit right now, in the next season, it's actually going to become a hindrance. And I mean that from a church-wide level. I mean that from a personal level. So in this season, in this season of preparation, in this season of together, together, in this season where you're about to have a gear shift like never before, thanks to 999-666, Gould Road. Here's my thought. Have you unpacked your bags from the current season? Have you started packing for 2022? What are your bags full of at the moment? What are you carrying? Knowing what to carry and knowing what to let go of is a type of discipline. Who's your coach? Someone's going to be the biggest voice in your life. Are you going to allow yourself to be disciplined in this season? Or are you going to allow yourself to be pushed to and from? There's an offer here. And this is, this is, this is where I'm going to leave. Jesus wants to be involved in your preparation. He wants to train you. He wants to make you more disciplined. He wants to give you a vision and a future. And you just need to say yes. Two groups of uh, whoever the tinkler is. I know it's a plucker, not a tinkler. My mistake. 
Man, I got that. I'm so glad I got that right. Okay, never mind. Um, two groups of people that I'd, I'd, I'd love to give an opportunity to, and um, people, I'm sure people, will, I don't know what the, I have no idea what the protocols are, so we'll just. Um, the first one is, if you haven't dealt with sin and the sin that's entangling you, this is just a really good opportunity. This is a, this is a loving environment. So if you've got if you've got sin that you just need to remember who paid for, my encouragement is just to leave it at the foot of the cross this morning. Deal with it. You're never going to need it. You're never going to need the shame that comes with it. You're never going to need the fear that comes with it, the anxiety that comes with it. It's okay to let it go. You don't even have to thank it for the joy that it gave you. You're not Marie, Marie Kondoing it. You're actually casting your cares upon the Lord. You're casting that thing that entangles you upon God. The second thing is, is there might be some people that have been carrying stuff in this current season. And let me be really clear. It could be good. It could be a treasure. But you're scared of putting it down because it's precious to you. The thought that I have is that, man, who would you rather have look after that precious thing? You can hold on to it. Or just give it to Jesus. Hey, this is precious to me. This was such an important thing and a good thing for this season. Would you look after it? Would you keep it safe for me? I can't carry it anymore because it's not going to be good for this next season. The third group of people, and I'd I'd do this anyway, is um, if you're feeling discouraged, Our God is the God of encouragement. Our God tells us to be strong and courageous. Our God says to be faithful and to be thankful. And if you've been struggling with faithfulness, if your faith has been at an all-time low, if you're struggling to find something to be thankful about, let's pray about that, hey? And let's make sure we fix our eyes upon Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus, man, you're carrying everything at the moment. I'm so sorry about that. That That is a tough way to live. Man, I'd love to introduce you to a savior this morning. Now, you'll know that it's you because basically there's a gap in your life and you've tried filling it with whatever. And it might have worked for a season. Alcohol works for a little bit. Men and women relationships work for a little bit. But eventually it starts to smell. Eventually, it doesn't fill that thing that only Jesus can, can fill. I agree, you were built for a relationship, but you've been looking for it in the wrong relationship. Jesus wants to have relationship with you. And it's not a case of saying a specific prayer in a specific order. Because I always mess up the salvation prayer anyway, so I'd probably not be saved if that was the case. It's actually a heart response. At the point that you're praying a prayer saying, Jesus, I need you in my life, you've already said yes to him. 99.9% of the time, you'd already made the decision, Jesus, I need you because I've tried it my own way and I, I just can't. So I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Dre and he can do the, the protocols for all of that stuff. Thank you so much for letting me speak into your heart. Hear my heart. This is stuff that we've, we've gone through and we're going through ourselves. And so that's why it sounds raw. We'll still work it through. The next time I'm here, hopefully I'm not the harbinger of doom like last time. Um, 
But we so appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We pray for you guys probably way more than you, than you probably think. So, yeah, hand it back to Dre.